Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. Lyme disease and Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Dr. Smith. This is going to be a different kind of talk today. And I want you to get the point of the talk, not each individual slide, because there's 250 of them. Okay? I'm going to go through the idea of what happens with focus and memory in people. And in all honesty, having written a book on it, textbook chapters, etc., it's been interesting because cognitive decline is a multifactorial problem. It is not just one thing. But with the use of LDN, it's been a new focus on what I'm looking at now with memory. So I'd like to take you through a whirlwind tour as a practitioner of what I do in my practice with patients with focus and memory issues. So let's begin. A man's real possession is his memory, and nothing else is he rich, and nothing else is he poor. You know the stats of what happens when it comes to memory. I'm just including them because studies have shown there's a memory decline from age 25 to 40 of 21%. The decline continues so that by the ages of 70 to 79, it's about 43%. That's if we don't do anything. I can't believe next month I will be 65, but I will be. This is my 41st year of practice. You don't have to have cognitive decline. It is about vision, memory, and mobility. So you all know what mild cognitive impairment is. You know that some people have dementia, but realize this is not, it is not a natural consequence of aging. You're not supposed to have cognitive decline. And Alzheimer's is the most common form of dementia. All forms of dementia, all forms, are inflammatory in nature, every single one of them, including Alzheimer's. So you can see the cost of Alzheimer's. It's going to increase by 500% by the year 2050. It's going to cost us more than any other disease process. It doesn't have to. It is the fourth leading cause of death for people over the age of 65. And there are many other causes of dementia, but again, they're all inflammatory. You can inherit a gene for Alzheimer's, but only 30% of those people actually get the gene. In fact, for many disease processes, you can inherit the gene from both sides of your family, but if you work with the patient before they're 25 and you actually start doing proactive things, you don't ever have to turn on the gene. So just to give you some stats, there are many risk factors for Alzheimer's disease, which you're all aware of, and some possible risk factors. But again, they're all inflammatory in nature. 
Type 3 diabetes, honestly, what this is, is cognitive decline. I try and get my patients to understand that the most important hormone in the body is insulin. As much as I love to talk about male and female hormones, honestly, it's thyroid and insulin. Because if insulin's not perfect, the patient has an increase in diabetes. They have an increased risk in getting all cancers, heart disease, stroke, and cognitive decline. So it is the most important of all of those. You know the neuropathology of Alzheimer's. Age-related memory decline is huge. Ten keys to promoting health. We're going to look at these. Healthy eating program is key. For those of you who know me out there, and I do know a number of you in this audience, you've heard me speak for a long time. You know I have a sweet tooth. I still do. I would like to have it extracted. I truly would, but if you eat sweets, it causes an inflammatory process. They actually did a study with little laboratory animals. Over here, they put a bowl of cocaine, and over here, they put a bowl of sugar. Guess where the little laboratory rats ran to? Sugar. Okay, so it sets up an inflammatory response. So it does matter if you eat organic. It does matter if you eat the right foods. It does matter if you have the right fats. The average American eats over 10 pounds of sugar each month, which is four and one-half cups per week, or 30 to 33 teaspoons each day. That's absurd if you actually think about it. Alcohol, by the way, is a sugar. Aspartame is not a natural sugar. It's 200 times sweeter than sugar. And it is really something that's been associated with many side effects. So we try and get our people not to use aspartame. Because you can see memory loss is on this list. Moderation is the key to health. So yes, it's about exercise. Yes, it's about eating right. It's about all of these things. Getting enough sleep is key. I happen to be a power sleeper. I'm one of those really lucky people that when my head hits the pillow, I'm out. But how I got into this field, because I assure you I was very happy being an ER doctor in a level one trauma center in Detroit. I'm kind of an action junkie. And I don't apologize for that. I love what I call my first career in medicine. But all of a sudden, I couldn't sleep. And how I ended up going into a personalized medicine approach was that I went to the very first A4M conference, and there I was. Women without progesterone frequently have insomnia. Did a saliva test, had low progesterone, started sleeping like a baby again. Because if you don't sleep, people don't think about it. It's not just fatigue. Insulin goes up if the patient does not have good sleep hygiene. It's imperative for memory the patient sleep well. Exercise. How many of you like to exercise? Raise your hands. Good for you. I hate it. <laughs> There's a couple of you out there like me. I don't, I don't get this high from exercise that some of you get. I've tried many varieties. Fortunately, and thank you for having the dancers, dancing is my favorite form of exercise. It is exercise because if you double your pulse, that's exercise. I get out there and exercise for one reason only, maintaining memory. 
It really is the only reason that I exercise. It's key. It has many beneficial effects on the brain. New England Journal of Medicine study, people who went ballroom dancing twice a week were less likely to develop dementia. So have your patients exercise. I could spend four hours talking about toxins. There's a lot of toxic substances. Whether you're talking about heavy metals, fluoride, solvents, fuels, pesticides, cigarette smoking, it probably doesn't matter when it comes to memory because they all cause cognitive decline. So you do want to do toxic metal testing on your patients. In Detroit, we have a lot of cadmium. Yes, we have lead and mercury, but it takes cadmium to make cars. So we have a lot of patients with high cadmium. Aluminum, all of the other different ones, iron, iron binding protein is increased in people with Alzheimer's disease. So it's important to look at heavy metals. Fluoride, there are no studies, there's none, showing that after the age of 10, fluoride helps prevent dental caries. It doesn't. We don't even know that. Again, no trials. I don't use fluorinated toothpaste. Don't suggest my patients or you do either. Studies in China on kids show they have lower IQs if they use fluoride. There's animal and human trials. In fact, thyroid function is impacted as well negatively with fluoride use. So you can treat high fluoride levels if the patient has them. Solvents and fuels are a problem. Of course, cigarette smoking is for no one. Infections, the following infections may cause cognitive decline. I was very blessed the last two years to be part of the PBS online special for two years in a row on cognitive decline. So a lot of patients in my practice come to me for memory issues. What I can share with you and I'm about to publish is that all of them except for one that already have Alzheimer's are positive for Lyme. They're positive for Lyme. So if you're looking at cognition, go back and look at infection. There may be an infectious cause there. Here again, neurological symptoms associated with Lyme disease. Recent study, biofilms containing Borrelia co-localized with beta amyloid plaques in Alzheimer's disease may influence the destruction of brain cells in patients with this disease. Is memory all about hormones? Wow, we could go on for 10 days on this one. Yes, estrogen equals memory for women. Testosterone equals memory for men. The conductor of that hormonal symphony is thyroid. If you don't get it perfect, not just normal, then the patient will not have great focus and memory at any age. It's all about the balance of the hormones. Are there studies to show this? Yes. So I included them all for your perusal. Unfortunately, I don't have time to go through them, but I really wanted to show you that for women, estrogen replacement is been shown to be most effective to maintain cognition of anything that we do. There's actually studies to show this. The same thing what happens with men. So testosterone is important for memory for both men and women as well. Of course, if you stay stressed, it doesn't matter what age you or your patients are, it causes a problem. 
because it can rewire the emotional circuits of the brain. And the new thing I think causes stress is this, and this crazy thing here. When my patient can't sleep, the first thing I do is say, hey, turn off your computer and cell phone at 7 p.m. You might find out you sleep a whole lot better. Stress increases the production of interleukin-6, an inflammatory marker. When cortisol goes up, cholesterol, blood sugar, blood pressure all climb. Thyroid dysfunctions and negatively impacts the conversion of T4 to T3. Anybody in this room not stressed, raise your hand if you're not stressed. We got somebody back here. It's the AV guy. Perfect. Studies have shown that it negatively impacts memory. Because what happens in the stereogenic pathway? The hormone of memory pregnanolone, because that's what it is. And of course, it's hard to say and hard to spell because it's your hormone of memory. Remember what happens if you stay stressed long term. Pregnanolone will make cortisol, because you have to have cortisol to live. If you don't have it, you die in seven days. So if the patient stays stressed, pregnanolone will preferentially make cortisol, and if it needs to, knock out the remainder of the entire stereogenic pathway to keep the patient alive. So the hormone cortisol is a key to memory, yes. Is pregnanolone? Absolutely. Pregnanolone may protect the brain from cannabis intoxication, by the way. Progesterone is a key component as well. So is melatonin. It's not just for sleep. It's an antioxidant and a neurotransmitter that aids with sleep. Melatonin levels are lower in people with Alzheimer's disease. Great studies on DHEA as well, double-blind placebo-controlled trials. When people ask me, are there real studies? Yes, there are real studies on hormones when it comes to memory. And of course, probably the overwhelming one beside thyroid really is, has to do with insulin. Numerous studies have shown there's association between diabetes and cognitive decline. Again, we could go on and on and on and on. And of course, thyroid, the conductor of that hormonal symphony, is key. Again, it has to function perfect. Can food intolerances and allergies be a cause of decreased focus and memory? Absolutely. The incidence of allergies worldwide is increasing. In just the U.S. alone, 50 million people are allergic to something. So we do do allergy testing in our patients as well. These are the most common allergy inducers that affect the brain. And you notice sugar followed by wheat are number one and two. If you look at celiac or not, grains to avoid if you have celiac, grains that are safe. Are there actual nutrients that help with memory? There are. There's great clinical trials. They're absolutely fabulous. So what I'm going to do is basically just show you the medical literature. Because there's a lot of naysayers out there when they say, oh, you, you actually gave that patient a nutrient? Yes, there are many trials showing they help. Omega-3 fatty acids are great because they decrease inflammation. Lots of studies Lots of studies. I mean, again, we could just talk about fatty acids all day. So for the naysayers, we have the science. 
Phosphatidylserine, very important phospholipid. It helps with names, faces, lost objects, and phone numbers. Again, lots of references. Ashwagandha really is very important for thyroid function. It's an adaptogenic herb, and it's really great to look at neurotransmitter function as well. Blueberry extract, grape seed extract, then posatine. It's from the periwinkle plant. It increases circulation. It increases serotonin. It can affect clotting time, so don't give this one to people who are on a blood thinner. But again, great references. Ginger is anti-inflammatory. One of my personal favorites is phospholipidylcholine. A lot of work by Dr. Patricia Kane looking at phospholipids and their importance in overall health because, let's face it, the cell membrane is made of phospholipidylcholine. Great studies on ginkgo. Again, when there's naysayers, coenzyme Q10. Do you have to have fuel for the body to have memory? Of course you have to have a fueling source. CoQ10 is one of those. Magnesium has 300 functions in the body. So it's important as well. So is boron. So is acetyl-L-carnitine. Do be aware, though, with the new studies on carnitine. Please do not give carnitine to patients with high TMAO levels. Try methylethanolamine, TMAO. The patient has high TMAO, which is about 1% of the world's population. Those are the people who should not eat red meat. Those are the people that eggs may be a problem for heart disease. And those are the people that should not take carnitine as a supplement. It's a nice, simple blood study. It can be done at any major medical center. The rest of the people, carnitine is a great fueling source for the brain and the rest of the body. Lots of studies. Alpha-lipoic acids, one of my personal favorites. ALA is great for memory. ALA is great for blood sugar issues, and it protects the liver. Carnosine, not carnitine, but carnosine, a great one as well. So is the micromineral zinc. Again, how about vitamin D? Vitamin D really is a hormone. It's associated with cognitive decline in people that have suboptimal levels of vitamin D. Hyperzine A has some great studies as well, as does DMAE and curcumin, which is anti-inflammatory. So do all the B vitamins. Remember, if you're patient, which is 40 to 50% of them, make sure you look at methylation. There's great new methylation tests out now. 40 to 50% of people worldwide don't methylate properly. If homocysteine goes up, increase in heart disease, increase in breast or prostate cancer, but also increase in cognitive decline. So you've got to go look at the B vitamins, and some people will need methylated forms of those, and I happen to be one of those people. So I do take methotetrahydrofolate every day and have for 27 years. So all of these nutrients, again, my point today is not to go through each slide. It's to say there are many reasons for cognitive decline. There are many things that you can do, from eating right to exercise to looking at allergies to looking at what happens with infection to looking at nutrients because we could spend three hours doing this talk. Sammy, methionine, tryptophan, and we've had a great talk on neurotransmitters. 
herbal therapies like sage, lemon balm. Are there medications that negatively impact memory? Yes. Sometimes I'm successful in getting people off of some of these medicines. Sometimes I really wish their other doctors wouldn't put them on them because they can negatively impact memory. Are there medications that positively affect memory? Yes, there are. Are there other alternative therapies? Does it matter if you have music in your life and humor and acupuncture and all those things? It does. There's two appointments I never miss in my life, my nail appointment and my acupuncturist. I'm very serious on that. Prayer is a fabulous thing for stress reduction. But the most important thing to help the patient maintain memory is to decrease inflammation. It's to decrease inflammation. The top 10 tips to aid the patient in having sharp focus and memory as they age are centered around decreasing inflammation. Inflammation triggers a series of events that leads to the destruction of neurological tissue. Beta amyloid proteins cause inflammation. It's paramount that you help your patient balance inflammation in their body. And what a great way to do that, low-dose naltrexone. So I do use it in all of my patients. I do use this dosing schedule for cognitive decline, and have found it to be very helpful. Remember, it really is all about balance in the body. Thank you very much. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.